Hey everybody, welcome to Gamerheads. We're back again. It's still 2021, last I checked. And who's joining me today? Matt? Hello. Phil? Present and accounted for. Christian? hey And me, Tim, your host. This is going to be a good episode. Each of us have brought a game, and these games are going to be games that we uh, we find enjoyment in, whether it be you have a bad day, you come home, and it's a game that you can lose yourself in, or something that just makes you feel good. But before we get into that fun, we're going to talk about um, what we've been playing since we've been gone, because I think it's been at least two weeks. So, All right, so Matt, what have you been up to? For me, I've been playing a lot of Turk and Flashback. This is a game I've been reviewing for the website, and I'd never heard of Turkin before. I'd never come across it on the Nintendo store or anything, and I decided to play this game without looking up any information about it. And and uh, it's actually a collection of four games, so Turkin, Turkin 2, The Final Fight, Mega Turkin, and Super Turkin. These all came out between like 1990 and 1994 across several different systems, Commodore 64, the Mega Drive, the NES, and I really enjoyed them. I, I you know, it's really a really expansive world that you can kind of explore, uh, and you're just basically this, like, souped-up, you know, weapons, uh, upgrades falling out of enemies everywhere, and you're just mowing down and exploring these really large levels. Um, you can kind of go down these different paths and discover new power-ups or maybe get a plus-one life, and then you come back, and you, you know, climb up. It's a lot of vertical, a lot of really expansive levels. Uh, and I thought it was great. I mean, I gave it an A on the website. I thought, you know, for 30 bucks, you're getting these four games. And uh, it's, I mean, I, I had a great time. I'm still playing it. And even when I move on to, you know, reviewing other games, I'm still going to keep coming back to this Turk and Flashback pack. So yeah, have, have any of y'all played it, you know, either originally back in the 80s, 90s, or? It's T-U-R-R-I-C-A-N, right? Yeah, correct. I remember playing it because i remember how to spell the name but i couldn't tell you anything about it at this juncture in my life yeah apparently it was really big in like europe it was like the european big platforming game of the time weird Hmm. there was one day i was at lunch at work and i had brought my 3ds because i'm a cool guy who brings his 3ds to work (laughs) and heck yeah I've got like a dump of all the Super Nintendo US ROMs on my SD card. And I was talking to this guy who's like a pseudo Nintendo collector. And he was like, so you got all the Super Nintendo games on there? I'm like, yeah. And he was like, you should try out Super Turrican. Do you have Super Turrican? I was like, sure enough. And he's like, dude, that game is awesome. And I played some of it and I was like, wow, how have I never heard of this? Because it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I played a lot of Turrican 2. Apparently that that was one of the more critically acclaimed, like well-received games when it came out. But I checked them all out and they, yeah, they are great. I mean, the enemies, Turrican, the first one is hard. Like those enemies are just like relentless, just charging you. And, but the later games are a little more adjustable. The best part is they've built in uh, like the cheats are auto- automatically there. If you want to turn on and get 99 lives, you can just, you know, kind of enable that easily. There's also just a rewind function where you can, ju- if you, you mess up, you can just hold the left bumper and it'll just zip back like 30 seconds. So you can just always try, try again, which really makes That's nice. jumping into a new yeah. game really easy, right? You can catch on a lot quicker by just rewinding and not having to die and restart. So did you play on switch Matt? I did. Yep. It's also I, on PS4. I yes. I think I heard the cheats invalidate the trophies for you if you go that the, route. So. You know, the oh. trophies aren't really my, my style, so I'm cheat-enabled 
24-7. Yeah, boy. <laughs> was there like a progression to the games that you noticed, Matt, that was cool seeing throughout that collection? Because that's a pretty decent birth of games that it's got there. Yeah, you know, I'd say the the shading, it's in some later games, like you'll notice like when you're running and you, you'll turn around and start racing the other way, like the shadows on your character model, like kind of just in like very, you know, it's obviously 1990s shading, but you do see mm-hmm. some finer details coming up in, in some of the later games that, but really true to the, the game is that the Turrican, the first one in like Super Turrican, Mega Turrican, the later ones in 1993, 1994, are really like the same play. There's really not a lot of new abilities. I think, and that's really a testament to how well the first game was built. And it's just been a consistent series, you know, through the nineties. And, and I feel like it really stands its its own today against some of the other platforming games. How well does is, that Commodore 64 original hold up? Cause Commodore 64 games probably are a little more difficult to go back to than like something on the super Nintendo or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say the the night the the Turrican, the one that came out in nineteen ninety, is probably the roughest to play. But it still looks really good. It runs really good, and I, I think going into it and knowing it that it's just part of this like collection of of the nineties games, it, it's done really well. Dang. Were you gonna is say that the entire time? run? I was just gonna ask if that was the entire run. If they put anything else after no, that, no, 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 no. I think they're. I think there were like six or seven total games. I'm, okay. I, I do. I do know that this is not the entire collection. There were more in the series. I think that it might not have been that long ago that there was a new installment to the series. I'm not exactly sure. I'll have to look that up. Hmm. Other than Turrican, which I've played the majority of, and I'm not playing Turrican. I'm just playing Need for Speed. Ooh. Always easy, easy racing game. Mix it up. Just kind of lock in and race. It's Hopper Suit Remastered. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Tim, I'm just, you know, crushing your scores. I go back and check, make sure you haven't passed me so I can uh, stay number one. So Yeah, and you will, because I don't think I've touched that game since around Christmas. But no, that game's absolutely amazing, though. Yeah, it is. Runs great. Uh, so yeah, that's all I've been playing. Phil, what have you been up to? Uh, let's see here. I have not really played a ton of anything with the exception of the usuals. I can't even say a ton of anything because if any of you guys saw my Twitter post, clearly I play a lot of the show. I've been still going along in Immortals Phoenix Rising. I just wrapped up like the second area, which was Ares. Is it Ares or? It's whichever one you want it to be. That was my second one. That was my second one. Yeah, that's the one that I did. Or I just wrapped that one up. But the game that I've probably been spending the most of my time with is is a little known indie game called for gone um if anybody's listened to the Mm. show podcast you've heard me rave about this game for the last two weeks and this this company's got something special on their hands it feels a lot like like dead cells but it's not as unforgiving but it's got that same you collect your coin stuff uh, your coins and your i just call them blue blobs because they're blue blobs <laughs> and you can upgrade your abilities and your skills with it you find different abilities and skills scattered throughout the land it's a metroidvania um, you get different weapons that you can level up your weapons and mm. combine those in different facets as as well. The animation is so damn silky smooth and pretty. It's The soundtrack's phenomenal as well. It's a very engrossing game. And it's one of those games where you're just like, okay, I'm just going to play through the next section. I'll be done. Then you get through that, that section. And you're like, yeah. well, what the hell? I'm going to throw another section. Because that was only a five-minute section. Oh, that was a 10-minute section. I got to be getting close to something big. I'm going to knock out another one and see what happens. Next thing you know, three hours are gone and you've taken care of a mini boss and a full-size boss and you're halfway through the next area. 
I love this game. I think it's only $30 and it's well worth every penny of it. I picked it up for 20 I believe it was on sale for, and it was an absolute steal. If you're a fan of the Dead Cells game at all, or even just like it, Metroidvania games, it's it's worth the price of admission. It How is still $20. Is it still $20? Yep. It looks like it is only $20. I think it just came out like three weeks ago, too. Really? Mm-hmm. God dang. And there is a demo on the Switch for sure, if you just want to give that oh. a check out. And that'll at least get you through the first mini boss, I believe, is what Mike said. Because I just jumped in and bought it right away. He grabbed the demo and was like, you should probably check this game out. I think you'd like it. And yeah, I love it. Bless Mike. <laughs> He's good for that sort of information. Uh, but realistically, I think that's about all that I have really been playing in these last couple of weeks. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Christian. Okay. Uh, well, I think since we last convened... Uh, I was playing through some Immortals Phoenix Rising, and I had since finished it and gotten the Platinum Trophy and really, really liked it a lot. It is my favorite of the three tentpole Ubisoft 2020 open-world video games by a pretty considerable margin. Really liked it. There is some very good stuff in Immortals Phoenix Rising. I think that video game is a case study in sequence-breaking in video games, and I love it so much because of that. So what I mean by that is the game basically has equivalents of Breath of the Wild shrines where you go into these uh, corned-off areas and you'll do a platforming puzzle or a block puzzle or something. And while you play the game, you can get abilities that let you do stuff like double jump in the air or um, you load up on potions that let you like reload your or refill your stamina, stuff like that. And you can use these abilities... And the potions in such a way that you can just break a puzzle, say, screw you puzzle, and go to the end of the area without interacting with any of it. And I love that so much. It felt so good throughout the entirety of that video game. And it was just like euphoric every single time it let me break it. (laughs) I will say I played... I had a similar experience, but I was stuck in one of those dungeon puzzles, right, where you can double jump and, and whatnot and i just gave in i had to go to the youtube video and, and and how to get through it and however that guy did it was not the way it was intended to be done like it was <laughs> amazing what he did uh, and i was like that's not there all the what's all this other stuff here for like that's not how you're supposed to do this little, <laughs> gave it one shot didn't even didn't even get close to finish and just quit out like i have to move on are you did you are, did you have as good of a time with the writing of the game as I did? I did enjoy the writing too. Yeah, I liked how quippy it was. It was on its feet. You know, Zeus was firing off jokes left and right. Yeah, him and Prometheus were kind of like Sattler and Waldorf from the Muppets. They're just like providing comment commentary from the balcony and just making fun of everything and everything that's happening around. Absolutely, but I got good chuckles out of it. Yes, yes, I did too. And also <clears throat> the story stuff. Story stuff, great because. Once again, it is a case study in like open world video game mission design where if you play a Watch Dogs, if you play a Grand Theft Auto, if you play an Assassin's Creed, what a mission is, is you walk up to an icon on the map, which is usually a person, they talk to you, they tell you to do this mission, and then you follow them, you got a marker on the map where there's a bunch of people, you kill them, and then the mission's done. I don't, it's very frustrating to me, it has gotten especially frustrating to me uh, in recent in the recent years. 
how that's set up, especially with these Assassin's Creed games, because I will spend 120 hours with them, and the first like 80 hours, I'll just spend clearing out the entirety of the map without even touching that story mission that's just sitting there waiting. And then mm-hmm. when I do go to that story mission that's sitting there waiting, it'll like just completely break break down all of the progress that I just made because it'll just spawn people back wherever the game needs them. Otherwise there's no mission. There's no video game anymore. If the mission can't do what it's meant to do, if it can't have the guys there because you already wiped out this whole camp, but we still need the mission to happen. Immortals Phoenix rising actually takes advantage of open it's open world by letting you complete things completely out of order like for example you gotta like uh find an item for a character you can totally stumble upon that item without having talked to the necessary people you can pick up that item having no idea what it is and when that mission eventually comes up you can just talk to the person again and be like hey already got it good mm-hmm. to go why don't more open world games do this? What is the point of having an open world video game if your like missions aren't going to take advantage of that fact? It was very frustrating, and Immortals Phoenix Rising was very eye-opening. Yep, I had that happen with after I had freed Ares. Apparently, he needed some kind of a pot, and my character's just like, oh, yeah, that pot? I totally got that. Here you go, man. And he's like, well, jump inside. And I was like, well, you're not going to just make me go out and awesome. So like, there's been a small handful of things that like I've picked up and I know are just going to come into play later on in the game where somebody's going to want them. And I'm just going to be like, cool, here it is. I already stumbled across it. So well done. Oh, yes. You enjoy it too, Matt? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I've, I kind of got burned out after the second territory. I did I did uh, Ares and Aphrodite, I think, was the first one. And then, uh, yeah, I got burned out. But no, I, I loved it. And I agree with everything y'all just said. Oh, 100%. Glad to hear it. Tim, what, what's your stance on the on the Ubisoft open world games that they turn out like crazy? I fell off of Assassin's Creed a long time ago. Totally. Um, I think the last one I played was the last one. I mean, Ezio was still in him, so it's yep. been a while. Mm-hmm. So, um, And I enjoyed those, but I got kind of burnt out on them too. I am, Immortals Phoenix Rising does seem awesome. And that is one that I'm definitely going to check out at some point. But yeah, that's basically, I've been taking kind of a break from open world type games and playing more either multiplayer or bite-sized games. Nice. And and the problem with Ubisoft is they seem to, I shouldn't say the problem, but it's so formulaic. If you've played Assassin's Creed, you've played Far Cry. Mm -hmm. Like it's the exact same layout for each and every one of those games. And Watchdog Legion, I haven't played Legions, but I played the first Watchdogs and it was again the same concept. And you get these like bases that you have to overtake, blah, 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 things like that in the middle of it. And you just do it. You're just like, oh, cool. It's the same game with a different skin on it. Yeah, it's like they've got a formula that they've like very rigorously lab tested and they've gotten like people... They've focused, tested the crap out of this singular formula, and they're just milling it for all it's worth. Mm -hmm. But Immortals Phoenix Rising was a nice break from that mold. Yes, it is. But anyway, speaking of video games, uh, that's the only new thing I have to talk about because I spent a lot of time delving into a couple of franchises to try and catch myself up. So with Hitman 3 having just come out, Hitman 3 2021. <laughs> Hitman 3 the third, or the second, yes. I should say. Yes, the second Hitman 3, which followed the second Hitman 2 and the second Hitman 1. <laughs> I uh, That gamer guilt set in again, and I was like, you know, that Hitman 3, I see that's out, but I got to put in my work. I got to play the other Hitman. So I 
since up to now I've played through Hitman 1 2000, Hitman 2 2002, Hitman 3 2004, and Hitman Blood Money 2006. So I pretty much ran the gamut for the first four Hitman games and played them on the hardest difficulty and got the platinum trophies for the ones that they were available for. Because Hitman 1 is only a PC exclusive, and that game was just stranded, and rightfully so. That game is bizarre. It is fascinating. It's weird to me to think that that video game, it's, it's very of the time, but... 2000 is also the same year that like the first ASX came out. It's also the year that Tony Hawk 2 came out and when Diablo came out. Diablo 2, I think. So <laughs> when that really puts it into perspective because Hitman 1 is just this bonkers thing that doesn't know what it wants to be. And what's really weird is there's like missions where you're in the Congo jungle and you find this golden idol and give it to the natives who start worshiping you because you found the idol and they tell you where the drug Lord is and you go and find the drug Lord and he's like a boss fight. So you can't like stealth kill him. You have to go and face him face to face. And every time you shoot him, it plays an unskippable line of dialogue and it does that like 10 times Uh. until you finally kill him and you just have to kind of like shoot him because you can't you can't like be a stealthy hitman or anything. So a bunch of guards come in, and then it just turns into like this very janky third person shooter where anyone can kill you in a couple seconds. And it's very frustrating, very confusing because after that complete mess of a mission, the one directly after that takes place in a hotel and there's two targets that you got to take out and there's several ways that you can take them out and you're just sleuthing around this hotel. Maybe you're going to put on some concierge uh, concierge disguise and steal a master key so you can slip into a hotel room where one of your targets at and then take him out while he's in the shower. And then maybe you'll wait for the other guy to get in the sauna and turn the heat on him and bake him alive. That's the good <laughs> hitman stuff. <laughs> But that's like, (laughs) that was immediately following this weird boss fight. And it's a mess. Hitman 1's a mess, but a fascinating mess. Hitman 2, I like a lot more. Because uh, that one is much more feasible to just shoot people in. You could just go buck wild because you don't die right away. But that one is also where they started finding that Hitman goodness. Where it's not this crazy third-person shooter most of the time. Most of the time it's a stealthy find your target there's multiple ways to take them out get in and get out you guys all with me so far hitman one and two Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, do you guys have any experience with those early hitman games i think i played two and three two and three okay gotcha Gotcha. i don't think i've ever played a hitman never played a hitman i played the original when it came out a friend of mine had it and it was uh it was unlike anything I'd ever played before. Like you okay. said, like the fact that you like, I remember you go up to the house and then you can basically knock out the pizza guy or whatever and put on, or the delivery guy and put on their clothes and act like them. And it was crazy, but I don't believe I ever beat it though. Oh, I can't blame you. That game's tough. <laughs> it is brutal. Like one wrong move. All the guards are just like, Hey, and then you're dead. But yeah, Hitman two, like a lot more Hitman contracts. I, I think I like even a little bit more than Hitman 2. Because Hitman 2, I played through this on the hardest difficulty, and it was very frustrating because you can't run anywhere. You can't run because people recognize you for some reason when you run because running's against the law or something. It's a very Hitman unique universe. run. 
It is a unique run. <laughs> and so you're stuck very slowly walking everywhere. And his walk is so slow. And his crouch walk, if you want to sneak anywhere, is excruciatingly slow. It is insane how slow that move speed is. In Hitman Contracts, they speed it up just a little bit, but it was a godsend. Oh my gosh, the amount of time I spent in Hitman 2 Silent Assassin just crawling around on the floor. It's insane. Like, if a video game came out today with that movement speed, I think people would roast it on an open fire. I do not see that being in a modern video game. But Hitman Contracts, the interesting thing about that one, the third Hitman game, half of the levels are totally new, and they're very big, especially compared to the prior prior games. And as such, they're pretty freaking hard, especially if you're playing on the hardest difficulty because there's no checkpoints. you got to do all that level in one perfect run without getting spotted or anything if you want that best rating. Wow. So brutal, but big, open, multifaceted. And in addition to the half of the game that's new levels, the other half is remade levels, reworked levels from the first video game. And I really like how they gussied up those Hitman 1 stages. Because I had heard going in that it's a bunch of remade stages from the first game. And I was very hesitant. But they worked wonders with that with those first games levels and hitman contracts has a very different tone it's much darker more sinister it starts out with a bunch of dead bodies scattered across the floor with blood everywhere good stuff (laughs) and then (laughs) uh so that tone is applied to the hitman one stages in a very cathartic way and then also they kind of smush some of the stages in hitman one together because those hitman one stages were pretty segmented and they were they were they got pretty small. And so in contracts, because of the bigger nature of those levels in that game, they'll like smush two of them together in a really cool way. And so there's more going on. There's more you have to keep track of. And it has probably my favorite level in a Hitman game to date where you can disguise yourself as a SWAT member and you're like doing this SWAT raid on this boat and it's freaking awesome. I don't know why. I just like really like that feeling of being like a wolf in sheep's clothing you know nobody knows you're just you're just another swap person you're just hanging out you're just raiding a boat like everybody else but then you sneak in and get the kill and that's hitman contracts <laughs> you said you played hitman contracts phil i believe it was i believe it was contracts and i think i want to say maybe it was hitman 2 i want to say it was on the playstation 2 maybe maybe it was the 3 playstation 2 sounds right they did come out on 3 as a part of a collection i know i didn't play it on the collection so it must have just been straight up on the PS2. I probably even still own it, knowing me. Yeah. But I remember not putting a ton of time into it because it was I it was at a time in my life where stealth games were not exactly my forte. I didn't necessarily have the patience for them, where I have a little bit more of it now. But I remember getting through the first couple of levels of that and really enjoying it. And I maybe I played like the other Hitman that the second first Hitman. Yep, that's right. The second, second first, first Hitman. Hitman. Yes. I think I played a fair shake of that one as well. I remember making it to like a library in Chicago and that's where I gave up because it just seemed unfair. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. They're brutal. They are brutal. Speaking of brutal, Hitman Blood Money is the one that everyone like fawns over or at least on the outside looking in that was my understanding is that everyone's like oh hitman blood money so good and it being immediately uh followed up by hitman absolution would probably had something to do with that (laughs) because now my understanding is that 
like Hitman Absolution is like the black sheep, and everyone's like, bad, bad Hitman. What did you do to the franchise? So Blood Money was kind of the last bastion for that. And it might have it might have been one of the best-selling Hitman games for the time, because, I mean, it came out on 360, PS2, and original Xbox, so I guess it had a lot of exposure that way. Uh, but Hitman Blood Money is also very, very good. That one is very focused and tight and, like, very sewn up. It's very well orchestrated you got hits that you got to carry out and that is it no other funny business you get in you get your kills and you get out and there's a lot of fun set pieces that you can partake in which is a lot of fun any hitman blood money likers around here uh, you know i haven't like i said i haven't played it but i am watching some gameplay of it and this guy is running around in a busy street dressed as a chicken yes <laughs> yes it is, I'm, I'm like very intrigued now <laughs> about picking this up yeah it's um i had to go through this whole thing i had to go through a bunch of soul searching in order to figure out how i was going to play blood money because i got the ps3 collection to play through hitman 2 and 3 and then that collection also had blood money on it but if i wanted to get trophies for hitman absolution if i wanted to get the platinum trophy i could not play the ps3 version I had it had to be the PS4 version because they had since turned the servers off on the oh. PS3 version, and there are some online trophies that are no longer obtainable because of that. So, Blood Mon- or I'm sorry, Absolution is did get a PS4 port that took out the online trophies, but that game can only be bought as part of a two pack, and that two pack includes Hitman Blood Money in addition to Hitman Absolution. You can't buy them separately. So. I just ended up getting that collection and playing it through on PS4 instead of the PS3. So I guess I only played through 66% of that PS3 collection. I wasted so much money. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it. So I'm still still on the Hitman Pain train. uh, I'll be playing through Hitman Absolution and trying to get that Platinum Trophy. Uh, But... The other franchise that I've been playing through is there was one morning I woke up and I was like, you know, I feel like playing Mario. So I set aside some time and played through, long story short, played through Super Mario Bros. 1, 2, and 3, Lost Levels, World, and uh, Yoshi's Island, and 100% in Mario 64 for the first time in my life. Nice. And that was just just great, playing through all of those Mario games. And revisiting some of my favorites like Super Mario World, I think that's uh, one of the most flawless video games ever made by mankind, mm-hmm. despite having never grown up with it and just like seeing it played one time as a very young child and being mesmerized. And finally, 100%ing Super Mario 64 felt really good because that was kind of like a childhood nemesis of mine. I had finished it, but it was really cool seeing that there was still more that I had not yet discovered in Super Mario 64. That was really cool. Do any of you guys have a favorite of those first early Mario games? It's got to be World. Yeah. yeah. Mine's three. Or three. And with three right behind it. Yeah. Totally. Three seems like it laid a lot of that groundwork that World capitalizes on. Yeah, it, it changed everything for, as far as Mario games go. Super Mario 3 did. Absolutely. No, um, it's one of those things. I mean, by far, uh, World is a superior game, but I just have uh, something about three. I've, three has always been my favorite. Yeah. Was there a lot of buildup and excitement for it at the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I, I mean, that's one of my video game memories growing up is 
being Mario three was one of the biggest, like how they promoted that was ridiculous. Like, like how they promote. And back then I don't think they promoted game. They didn't promote games because Mario three in America came out in, in 90. And wow. I think it came out in Japan in 88. Really? So, yeah. That's a big gap. Yeah. yeah. There was quite the gap there. I, uh, I have a, a, a story about Mario three. Yes. Okay. So, all right. The local video store, little mom and pop video store, somehow they had two um, Famicom carts. One was this random game that was obviously a bootleg. It's one of those games that had like a hundred games on it. Mm -hmm. And the other one was Super Mario 3. Uh, And so there was a list and you were put on this list and I would put my, I, I would rent the, I would rent Mario 3 and then I would, you know, play it put it uh bring it back put my name back on the list so i had rented that probably half a dozen a dozen times before it even came out in america and i beat it <laughs> nice. i beat it multiple wow. times because the game is completely playable it's just yeah when you go into the mushroom houses and stuff you just yeah. it's just not english but other than that the game as far as i remember is exactly the same <laughs> so that right there a part of the reason why mario yeah. 3 is my favorite because that memory is attached to it yeah but um, and I also remember at a Chuck E. Cheese at a um the plate because it was on a Play Choice Ten, I believe, before mm-hmm. it was released in cartridge or around the same time. Because I remember playing Mario Three on an arcade machine at a Chuck E. Cheese at a birthday party when I was oh. probably in elementary school too. Jeez. But then, but I mean, I mean, you can't say anything bad about Mario World. Mario World is is probably the best, most precise platformer ever. Really, I mean. It's awesome. Yeah. Tim, how did you play that that Famicom version? Did you have a Famicom? No. You know what they did? Uh they uh glued a they glued a, a ribbon to it. Ah, oh, yes. Because obviously the Famicom carts when you put yeah. it in when an art yeah, that's what would happen is you'd kind of put it in, you know, <laughs> have it pop up and you take the ribbon and you pull the cartridge out with the ribbon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no, cuz I didn't have a Famicom. I I love one. I think that I think the design of them are awesome, but I have always I just have my original toaster. Yeah. <laughs> so I wish I grew up in this mystical past where you had to like <laughs> attach a ribbon to a cartridge and shove it inside of or, your console to play a foreign or, video game. Yeah, or or the other random, you know, a hundred and one game. That's how I played Wild Gunman and Ice Climbers oh and, and all these random bubble bobble was on there. And <sighs> this was like a cart but and this was like 19 uh, well mario 3 wasn't out in the u.s yet so it was at least in 88 89 i was seven or eight years old it was crazy you must have been in heaven it was amazing yeah that was something and uh the local video store it turns out a a friend of mine in school actually his his family ended up running that place too which was kind of cool too so he would always get the get the games and so and try out the games and the movies and stuff and that helped too. I'd put my name on the list and rent games and stuff. Yeah. Do you have any Mario memories, Matt? You know, I just played Super Mario World a lot back on Game Boy and stuff when I was little. But, Ooh. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my fiance, that was her big game. So she's really yeah. enjoyed the Super Mario 35. That's what gets a lot of gameplay on my Switch, I'd say. But, uh, totally. Yeah, you know, obviously I played a lot of three. I, I still think that Super Mario World's best, but. Yeah, you know, three, three, they all add their own little touch to it, which is charming. So, yeah. 
I got to pick your guys' brains about a couple things that would just still bother me today. So Super Mario Bros. 2, was that a Mario game to you guys? Did you guys understand what that was? <laughs> it, it was to me. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, yeah, I, it, it, and it still is to me too. I don't know. Totally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yep. yeah I guess, was that like the second Mario game? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Besides Mario Brothers, yeah, and then Super Mario Brothers came out, and then we got Super Mario Brothers 2, and as kids, we didn't realize it was just something that was reskinned and never meant to be Mario. Yeah. yeah as far as we knew, it was Mario, and we're like, oh, they tried something new. It's not mm-hmm. bad. It's very difficult as far as it goes, but yeah. it, it's not bad. I I loved Mario 2, and and Mario 2 is in, like, my top, one of my top Mario games, and, like, for the longest time, until Mario 3... Yeah, uh, Mario. I actually like Mario Two better than Mario the original, which is probably blasphemous to people. But oh, and I, <laughs> oh. but I'm not. I, I enjoy it more. I'm not saying it's better. Yeah. It's no, very I different. It, it, it's uh, it's very different. But I love that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I envy you guys for being able to experience Mario Two absent of like the Mario brand that's just been drilled into my brain ever since I was birthed from my mother (laughs) is like, they have gotten their, their like aesthetic and style down. Like the Mario things are the Mario things. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm playing Mario two and walk into an owl's mouth in order to go to the next level and end up fighting like a spider that throws bombs, that's weird to me. It's very strange. It is very strange. Yeah, in hindsight it is, but at the time you didn't really think twice about Absolutely. it. Just like, oh, okay, this is this is what Mario does now. Yes, totally. The, and, and it was nice having the option of the character selection as yes. well. And like Ooh. all of them having their different abilities, like that was yeah. mind blowing to young little ten year old Phil. Totally. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. The same thing. That's what the biggest draw for me was the fact of character selection in different play styles was that. That's probably why I liked it better. Yeah. Than the other ones because the other games were just when you're Mar- you're Mario or you're Luigi and you basically act the same. Though yeah. as you know, in the newer versions of things, they've adapted. Luigi now has the flutter jump. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. so which is interesting yeah. too, and the characters that were unique to Mario two are now in you know Mario canon. They were in the Super Mario Super Show mm-hmm. with Mauser and Birdo and all those people and. Mm-hmm. First shy guy appearance. Shy guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ninjas. Yeah. All those people. Yep. Another question: Did you guys see Yoshi's Island as Super Mario World Two? Why? Why is that called Super Mario World Two? Yoshi's Island is a game that I have almost no experience with. Same. Oh, Same here. Really? Yeah. I never yep. played it. No. And I look at it on the Super Nintendo thing thing on the Switch, and I'm like, yes. I really need to give this thing a go sometime, and I've just never done it. Wow. Have you, Matt, Matt, can you shed any light on this? No, I cannot. Never played it. Pulling up gameplay now, though. Yeah. It was the same for me, but I've tried to play uh, Yoshi's Island a little bit in the past, and I was like, "Eh, it's fine. And so this was the first time where I sat down and played through all of it, and I I don't know what it is. It's, I don't think it's for me. I I don't, I feel bad (laughs) because. I feel I hear people semi-frequently be like, oh, Yoshi's Island, phenomenal video game, perfection. You know, the kind of things that mm-hmm. I hear said about Mario World all the time are the things that I just said about Mario World, spewing nonsense about perfect video games and whatever. So I don't know, maybe I have unrealistic expectations for what Yoshi's Island should be or is or could be, but 
I don't know. Like the the art, the 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 visuals. I'm sure at the time were insane, mind blowing. But for me now, like the crayon look doesn't doesn't click with me. I guess. But right. I think that game is technically extremely impressive. Even today, I can't think of anything on the Super Nintendo that's quite like that. Where you've got this like a uh, mini map that it pulls out to every now and then that's like this 3d island that mm-hmm. pans around because i think the super fx chip was put in yoshi's island which i was completely unaware of and they make surprisingly like, good use of it or there's some great boss battles that make great use of some of that tech that's going on like there's one where you're inside of a stomach and like dynamically deforms depend on depending on where you're walking like that's really? the kind of crap that's even impressive that's in cool. indie games today let alone a super nintendo game for, of your did you play all the way through it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm gonna give this a go before the next time we record. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna put some time into Super Mario World too. Yeah, let's all do it. I'll try it. Oh we'll my! Have goodness. an educated discussion. I uh, I think I just missed out on it because it was later. Yeah. Like maybe I because I I had a Genesis by then maybe or something. And okay, because because I didn't even hear like it was years later that I'm like wait what and then uh, and I didn't get an N64 right away because uh, D had one. And because she had Yoshi for it, Yoshi on ah. N64, and that's kind of almost very similar in style to that. You know, when you're Yoshi and you you arc the eggs and you throw them. Yes. And, and she was playing that. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I've never even seen this game before. You know, and this was 20 years ago, like when yeah. we met. And I'm just like, wow. And then and then I found out about that game. I'm like, oh, okay, makes sense. It's like mm-hmm. a progression of this game. I yeah. kind of think the same thing was similar to me too. I didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up. So Super Nintendo was something that always happened to other people's houses. And I think Super Mario World 2 just kind of came out at a point in time in my life where I was distracted by other things. Yeah. And it was never really on my radar until I got older. And then I never really had a chance to play it until it came out on the Super Nintendo Super Collection or whatever the hell it's called on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And it's I just, I don't know. I've always been intrigued, but I've never taken the time. Well, I'd be very curious to hear what you guys would have to say about it after spending some time with it. That sounds fun. Do you know if it's two-player? Yeah, let's I'm sure. Ooh, that's a good question. I don't think it is, but I could totally be wrong. Because if it is, I know my girlfriend would play through it with me because she's Ooh. a sucker for Mario games. Yeah? Yeah. Hopefully you have some fun with this. Yeah. Well, speaking or- of fun, what have you been playing, Tim? Yes. Actually, kind of more of the same. Um, mostly... Uh, like actually just today today is the beginning of the lunar uh event in overwatch so i uh i jumped in briefly this afternoon with a buddy and we played a few rounds phil did you see any of the new skins that are out i've seen the ash skin and the Arissa skin i don't think i've seen any of the other skins yet um are they doing weekly unlocks with this one too yep i haven't turned it on yet yeah there's three weekly unlocks this week it's baptiste and then there's a mccree and then there's uh reaper for the three okay. weeks. Yep. And the skins are the ones I really liked the Arisa one. Um, Echo has a really cool skin too. Um, oh, I did see hers as well. Now that you mentioned yeah, Echo. Which I don't use Echo, but she's cool. Who else? I thought, I think I'm missing one. You said Ash, Arisa. Oh, of course, Widowmaker has a skin because they, she has a skin all the time. Mm-hmm. I guess. Which is why people continue to play with her even on really small maps and they don't need to. Sorry. 
No, it's true. There was a pain <laughs> right before we started recording. We were doing Elios, and there was a, a Widowmaker. I was going to say being annoying, but no, they were just being a very good Widowmaker. Ended up getting play of the game and everything. But oh, but, mm-hmm. I, but I was actually uh, we. I, what's it? What's it called when it picks? When you just you queue and it picks for you. You queue for all three. I was doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was getting stuck because uh, I prefer to heal. But um, so I was getting stuck tanking almost every mm-hmm. match. Which isn't terrible. Um, I used to be a diva main, and now I I just I can't. I used to be decent or a lot better with her than I am now. But um, it's fun being diva though. And every time the widowmaker would pop up, I would just run at her and shoot her and chase her away. <laughs> and heck yeah, yeah. And there was a roadhog that was insistent on um, chain, you know, using his chain hook and pulling me into the hole in the center of the well in Ilios, and I would just fly out every time. I'm like, nice. I can fly, buddy. I can fly. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it was fun. And so I played a little bit of that. The other game, which I threw in the chat at one point, so I started playing Fortnite a little bit. Ooh. And what's fun about that is the fact that I just... I. I never had an interest in it. Did not think battle royals were for me. I mean, because I'm not really an online competitive person, really. Um, except for Overwatch is the exception, because I, I talk about Overwatch at least every episode. But uh, so now um, my buddies that from the Retro Bliss podcast, that were the, you know, we you know we play classics like Garfield Kart and all these great <laughs> games, which I have not been playing Garfield Kart, but I, I guess it needed it needed a mention to keep it relevant. But uh, so. They were like, you know what? Let, we're going to try Fortnite. And one of the, one of them, Trevor, he uh, he just didn't think he was going to like it. So his buddy Johnny was like, "Well, you know, I just want you to try it so we can talk about it on the show, and it just be it'd be just to see with the experience." And they're and you know, I was in a chat thread with them, and they're like, "Oh, Tim, you should try too." And I'm like, "Well, it's free. I'll try." I said, "I don't, you know, if I don't like it or whatever." So we did it because I expected, this is just me. I expected I'd play Fortnite, we'd land, get pwned and be like, all right, I'm done with this Mm -hmm. game. But no, I mean, the the game's actually, it's a lot of fun. I have not played solos. I've only played with friends, but um, I've had a great time with the game to the point where I've bought in the season pass and it's fun (gasps) to unlock the different skins. And yeah, that's basically been, for the most part, what I've been playing lately has been Fortnite. Oh my Um, gosh. Is the end nigh? Tim is playing Fortnite and enjoying it. I know there is a very weird Fortnite resurgence happening right now that my other friends, yeah, my other friends are currently trying to begging me to play Fortnite, and I have very explicit words for them every time. They're just like, <laughs> oh, "Jump on and play Fortnite with us," and then I can't repeat anything that I say. And yeah, I, I, I don't understand what's going on. I think they added a new mode or something, which has kind of changed everybody's life and opinion on it. And uh, I don't get it. <laughs> See, I like I don't know. Like I've heard a lot about like the evolution of it and stuff, but like the thing is, honestly, I've never had an interest in it. Like I just mm-hmm. it's not my kind of game, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I mean, we've actually, you know, I mean like that, but we've actually won rounds and stuff. I've done I've done doubles and uh do du- I'm sorry, duos, trios. Um every once in a while we'll get like a four um player and but the thing is though it's just like anything else you play with your buddies you're you're paying mm-hmm. attention obviously and you're having fun but you're also goofing around talking mm-hmm. you're getting into the car and like ridiculous like music is playing <laughs> that you don't know what's going like wow this is crazy and we're all kind of discovering it because none of us had played it and none of us had done research so really in the game like um i remember um i believe mike was talking about around halloween 
the Ghostbuster stuff that was in the game. Ah. Mm-hmm. We um, well, the skins and stuff aren't there anymore. But the um, but we f- we randomly landed somewhere, and I went into the barn, and the Ecto One was in the barn, like oh. under under. Oh, nice. And and when you start hitting it with like your your pickaxe or whatever, it starts making the iconic Ecto One um, siren sound, which was pretty funny. That's so awesome. It, yeah, so that was f- like stuff like that. We're just having a good time, you know. Like right now, the Mandalorian's in there, oh, so his yeah. ship is crashed, and they just they added the um they just added a um like a cantina thing like on a mountain oh, somewhere. Yes. You go in there and. Yeah, so it's it's. I mean, it's we're we're having a great time with it. I mean, it's Fortnite, and I'm I'm not very good at building. That's my um, mm-hmm. biggest thing. And no matter it happens every match, and I just don't do it. But apparently, the only way to be the, the way people win at Fortnite is you you build above somebody and you you equip and you jump up and down with a shotgun. That's how you that that's uh, that's how you. Kill <laughs> I mean, well, that's how I die all the time too. But we have a good time. In what other game can you find the Ecto One and also Star Wars crap? That's just like insane to me. The uh, like Marvel stuff, DC stuff. Yeah, what don't they have in Fortnite at this point? Licensing, like, and I had to do. I broke down. There's an emote, and this. All right, this is what happened. So we're playing. We're waiting in that little area, and all of a sudden, I hear the you know the Rick Roll like never going to give you up <laughs> song, and I'm like. What? Because the thing is, we're playing on the Switch. Well, I've go- I've actually played on both Switch and Xbox, but we're playing on Switch, so I have the volume up a little bit, and I'm mm-hmm. talking to my buddies on Zoom, and so so and Dee's in the room, so she can hear it to like hear the TV and stuff too. So I go, "Did you guys hear that?" And I, Dee's like, "I heard that," and they're like, "No," and I'm like, "You got Rick Astley over here, you know?" And I'm like, "What's going on?" <laughs> so all Joe, and so then that was a Saturday. So I wake up early and go into work on the following Monday. I'm literally pulling down the road. I stop at a stoplight and I switch the radio station. That song comes on. <laughs> and I'm like, j- all joking aside, I, I text, text my buddies. I'm like, I think I go, I heard this song coming to work. You think this is a sign? And, and Johnny's like, dude, it's a sign. But then, of course, that now I'm into you know I'm into the Fortnite you know so I'm like I go online and I start googling things and I'm like there's a website that shows you what's in the shop, and oh. and, and 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 you will not believe it that emote was in the shop that same day, because huh. oh. wow. you because you can go on and look and see like the different and how often they pop up and when's the last time how many days ago these things are cycled through the shop. So I just, I broke down and I bought it. And that's basically the only thing <laughs> yeah. I have. So whenever I'm doing things, they're like, oh, there's Tim with his uh, Rick Astor. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that was just a funny, like little funny story that happened just randomly. But yeah, so we're still having fun with it. Going to keep playing it. There's, you know, for now until basically I'm going to play it till it's not fun. It, it's the case where mm-hmm. I could play it for another month. But who know or two months or or this also seems like a game now that I know it's going on. You it's like you anything else you can put it down for six months and pick it if something crazy happens or or if um, they license something you like. Mm-hmm. It's easy enough. I mean, it's very. I mean, you guys have played it probably, but it's very easy yeah. to pick up. Extremely easy to pick up. It's not difficult at all. It seems to have a way with people because mm-hmm. the first time. Uh, I played it was with my little brother because I have a little brother who was like right in that wheelhouse where he was middle school area uh, age right when Fortnite uh, got to console. And I remember just like being blown away by that because 
Fortnite came to console and it got a 60 FPS patch in a world where PUBG could barely run at 30 <laughs> on an Xbox. Like that is that was bonkers. So anyway, my little brother, he like swore against it the whole time, despite like all of his friends playing it. And he's like, no, Fortnite's stupid. That's gonna that game's stupid. It's for sweats, it's for losers. And <laughs> There was one day where he's like, oh, I, I guess I'm kind of bored. I'm going to try Fortnite. And I was like, okay, I'll play with you. And uh, I played with him for like an hour, and he proceeded to play it for 22 hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. He became he's a Fortnite person now. after that. <laughs> yes, he was wow. very sweaty, as he says. <laughs> so now he's all full of the Fortnite lingo. He's like, oh, I got third party. Oh, I got to crank my 90s. Oh, I just got Harry <laughs> Potter. <laughs> I don't know what any of this means. Me neither. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not hip or cool. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. You know um, that I've been playing. So let's move into the topic of the show, which is what games do you gravitate towards? Make you happy on a bad day, or just want to immerse yourself in a world? So Matt, what do you got? <laughs> so, I, I, like I said, I. I guess I didn't directly follow instructions, but you know, I went with <laughs> a game that what is one game that I'm, there's no way I could pass up. What game did I br- bring me so much joy growing up? And this, this one game just stood out to me. And, mm. and that is crazy taxi at the arcade in Walmart. Ooh. I mean, what, nice. what a great game. I was looking up if I could buy one on eBay They're for sale for $1,500, but mm. like being, you know, eight, seven, eight, nine years old. when when that game was big and just begging for like, can I have some dollars and you just shop and I'll be in the arcade and just, you know, just crazy taxi until my heart just couldn't handle it anymore. It was such a great game. And that's, I guess that's the game that I, I kind of just wanted to highlight today. Uh, as one that, you know, if I am in arcade and there's crazy tax, that's where I'm blowing my money. And I might get a little treat um, with Taxi Chaos coming Ooh, to that's right. Switch on February 23rd. Ooh. So there isn't a lot of footage out for it. Note that just the trailer, there isn't any gameplay footage out, but it is very reminiscent of the same style. Pick up people, take them to their destination. Um, so February 23rd, I'll be anxiously awaiting. Give Taxi Chaos a try. Did you play the Simpsons version as well? I think that was Hidden Run. Yeah, I think so. I think I did. All right. Yeah, I remember that. You know, all those games, just something, that, but, you know, the steering wheel, the pedal, like that sit-down version of it that was in the arcades back then. That's, you know, maybe I'm just needing a driving game. I highlighted the steering wheel and the, the <laughs> racing cockpit on the last episode. Now I'm talking about Crazy Taxi. There's a trend here, but... <laughs> Yeah, How do you like yeah. that soundtrack, Matt? Do you identify with them yeah. tunes? I listen to it when I go to sleep every night. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just, it's just a great game. So, yeah, it's just the one game I highlight. I don't know, Phil, uh, what game did you bring to talk about? I've got a small handful of comfort games. Oh nice. Um, I'm obviously, and when I say comfort games, it's games that I tend to just kind of turn off my brain and can play, like, to unwind, to relax, get away from reality, and just absorb myself in it. Uh, almost any sports game is going to fit into that bill because I really don't feel as though you have to think to play a sports game necessarily. It's all just based on reflexes more than anything else. So like you can just kind of let muscle memory kick in, take over, and 
you can just sit there and stew in your own thoughts of whatever, which is why there's been 532 hours of the show 2020 played, because that's what happens after a long day of work. Good Lord, also, I, dude, it's dumb. It's so dumb. It's and dumb. I hate myself for it, but I can't stop. I'm going to get done, play three games of Overwatch after we record tonight. I'm going to play three games of Overwatch, turn on the show, play three games of the show, and go to bed because I'm stupid and I can't stop myself. Mm-hmm. I need counseling. I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> I also will bring pinball to the table because Ooh. pinball is one of those turn my brain off, go do things in pinball. And it's all just, again, muscle memory reflexes. I, I get this odd soothing sensation from standing in front of an actual table, but I can play video pinball for hours on end. Mm-hmm. I know I've discussed it in the past, but it's it's a go-to. It makes me feel good about everything. And when you play a table long enough, like you get to know every single bumper angle on it. You can just sit there and hit ramp after ramp after ramp and go through mission after mission after mission. Your quarter will take you in half hour to 45 minutes when you've really gotten comfortable at a table. And if you're lucky enough to hit a replay off of that, like, well, if you're playing for that long, you're going to hit a replay or a match. It's just, it's very, very zen to play a pinball game in a good, good style and good way. Like it's gratifying the the lights, the sounds, even just the clicks and the pings and the tings. It's all just, it makes me warm and happy on the inside. Uh, one final game I'm going to mention because I feel as though it's pretty close to a perfect platformer that I can zone out to and play as well is Rayman Legends. And I'm dying for a new Rayman game because Legends was such a damn good game. And the final levels of each of those worlds where they're music based and you have to hit your jumps basically in tune with everything at a full fledged run were some of the best things that just make me happy every time I play those levels. We need a new Rayman game. Heck yeah. The platinum for that game is pretty brutal. I think I got a thousand gamer score <gasps> on the Xbox One. If you I remember, did. I believe so. If not, I'm really, really close. I put a lot of time into that game. Totally. The part that sucked is that you had to get like to the game's max level or whatever, and when 100 mm-hmm. percent of the game only got you like 60 percent of the way there, and yep. then you had to like grind out every last experience in the online mode. And in mm-hmm. the online mode, you would have to do like in the top one percent of people on a level in order to. Get, get a decent final nudge. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I played Rayman Legends every day for like three months <laughs> yeah. to get that last stupid trophy. What am it's I such doing? Such a good game, though. It is very good. I agree. Um, yeah, that's what I bring to the table for my comfort games, Christian. Uh, for me, there is one game in particular uh, that I kind of grew up with. Give, gives me both the warm, happy, nostalgia feelings, and I also enjoy playing today and that's kingdom hearts 2 mm-hmm. it's my first kingdom hearts game and whenever i play kingdom hearts 1 or 2 both of those video games i get sent to this weird trance like state that i have yet to play another video game that puts me in it is very difficult for me to describe but it is mesmerizing in a in a very unique way. I don't I can't put my thumb on it, which is so frustrating because I play all of these video games to understand their nuts and bolts and to talk about them. But I there is something indescribable about Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 that is so hard for me to explain. I'm I'm speechless. <laughs> but there's something about those video games and them being action RPGs and them being as kind of involved and complex as they are, there's a lot going on at any one time and you have so many abilities and you have so much at your disposal 
that it is just fun to smack away these things. And the fact that that game runs as well as it does on PlayStation 2 hardware is bonkers to me because there's like you're doing damage to these enemies and you can do magic against them and you can fly across the screen and do all these dazzling things. And that uh, that trance still persists to this day. Uh, when I played through Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, when I was playing through the collections a few years ago, I I could just play through those games over and over. I think I played through it like four times to get that stupid <laughs> platinum trophy. And it was still there. And those most recent playthroughs also gave me a newfound love for the Kingdom Hearts 2 combat system in particular. Because I had to play through on the hardest difficulty, and it was brutal. But it kind of brought the combat system into a new light for me. Where... In Kingdom Hearts 2, if you just play on one of the regular difficulties, you can just run around and smack X the whole time and win. And it looks cool. And it's a great game for like a kid because of that. But if you play on the hardest difficulty, you actually have to dodge. You actually have to make use of all your magic and your items and your companions and whatnot in a way that's very satisfying. And I can probably, in my lifetime, never get enough of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. 3 didn't do the same thing for you, huh? It was close. It was close, but it didn't quite get there. I don't know what it is, and that's why it's so frustrating. Because I don't, I don't know why. Just give me, give me that again, please. But I don't know what it is I want. I don't know <laughs> what it is. What kind of drug they pressed onto a disc for Kingdom Hearts One and Two to do that to me? I don't know. And, and knowing you, you've played through all the side games as well, right? Yes, and none of those, okay. none of those, I don't think like even kind of come close. Unfortunately, crazy, it's sad. I don't know. Any of you guys have experience with Kingdom Hearts stuff? I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game. No shame in that. I played the first two on PlayStation 2 back like when they came out. But but I have not played them. I haven't played them in a long time, but I really enjoyed the first two when I played them. Yeah, I did. Every time the all-in-one package shows up or is on sale for like 20, 30 bucks, I debate it. And I just have not pulled the trigger on it because I haven't. One day I will. Yeah. That's that package is just insane to me. The value in that just Kingdom Hearts Mm -hmm. one and two alone is bonkers. Cause when I was playing through that collection a few years ago, 1.5 plus 2.5, it was so unfortunate because that collection has Kingdom Hearts one and then it has rechain of memories and then it has Kingdom Hearts two so the Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 were two out of the first three games I played and it spoiled me so much and I was just, ugh. Because after that, I proceeded to play like six Kingdom Hearts games that didn't do it quite <laughs> yeah. the way those first two did. So, do they lay them out on that disc or discs chronologically? They, ooh, that's a very good question. Oh, I forget what it is. There's, there's cutscenes for 358 Days Over 2 and that one is placed on the collection in such a way that is a little controversial, I recall. So, yeah, I forget. I think you can you can largely go through them in the order that they show up on there and be totally fine. Don't okay. worry about it. Don't get anal retentive like me where you spend 30 hours on a message board to figure out which one of these things you should probably do first <laughs> because someone has played them all 50 times and is very vocal about how you should experience these things because that's how they experienced them when they were eight. <laughs> and they pieced everything together and this is the way that they should be played and exactly. everything lines up and... If you play the first three hours of one and then pause it and switch over to 1.5 and then go back to one, (laughs) it's all going to flow a lot better. Exactly. I want you to watch Rogue One, but I want you to pause it (laughs) immediately after it's done and watch A New Hope, okay? That's the only way it can be done from now on. It is the best way possible. 
just just enjoy Kingdom Hearts for what it is, which is goofy Donald and Sora having fun, happy times in Disney worlds. Speaking of goofy, um, oh, actually, so on the wall in the room I'm in, I actually have a Kingdom Hearts goofy action figure from oh. the original game. Yeah. Ooh. Because Goofy is my favorite Disney character. So apparently that's the only one I bought. It's, I'll have to take a picture of it and, and share it. Please do. But, and then I also, that reminded me, I do have the Game Boy Advance uh, one, the Chain of Memories. Or yes. whatever. That's, a, that's like a card-based combat. It is. Yeah, it's interesting. I, have, I, I got that when it came out. So I have that. Oh, wow. Well. I have that CIB from back in the day. I don't know if it's no way. rare or anything. but how did, you th- how did you feel about that if you spent um, any time with it? I did. I mean, I, I played it when, it when I got it, and I'm pretty sure I beat it. But, I mean, it's been, like, it's been a long time. Totally. But it was, I enjoyed it. It wasn't what I expected, but being on the Game Boy, I didn't know. I could not have, I wouldn't, I shouldn't have expected, like, the, what, we had yeah. on the playstation but no for what it was i thought it was cool it told the story it was almost like wasn't it almost like comic obviously it, it had like uh comic like scenes telling the story and you're basically just running up the tower right yep yep okay all right yeah castle like, oblivion yeah okay it's and been it's, like 20 years so i can't <laughs> no totally if you if you sit down and play through like all of that kingdom hearts stuff it is exhausting how much of it is just kingdom hearts one over and over and over because <laughs> there's a lot of that uh chain of <laughs> memories is like that because sora forgets all his memories oh no and he's got to remember them so you play through all the events of kingdom oh, hearts one again gosh. yay oh, that's yeah. all right that's right i remember now yep yeah or coded is like that because it's like oh who's this strange sora who's doing all of the things that happen in the first kingdom hearts game hmm they really milk that stuff for all it's worth. I was about to say, it sounds like they were doing their best yeah. to squeeze some cash out of the Kingdom totally. Hearts franchise. Yeah. yeah, that seems the case with the uh, new Melody of Memory, which I have not touched yet, the music game. That's kind of uh, shocking to me, because you're a big Kingdom Hearts guy, obviously. Yeah, I just don't feel like paying full price for that. It it even dropped to $45, and even then, like they have poisoned the well by making like eight Kingdom Hearts games $20. <laughs> So I don't really want to spend $60 for this rhythm game that I played the demo for. And I'm pretty sure it is not, it did not cost you as much to make that game as it did to make kingdom hearts three. Okay. Which also took 10 years to make. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But that's just, uh, that's a whole thing. That's a whole kingdom hearts thing to save us, Tim, save us from the kingdom hearts nonsense. (laughs) I'll, I'll do my best. I have a quick game a go-to that I grew up with that I am, I can play with my eyes closed. Um, I've, I know I've probably talked about it on here. I've tweeted about it a million times, probably my favorite NES game of all time. Uh, DuckTales on NES. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love that game that like Phil was saying, that's totally a turn your brain off and just, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, yeah, I be, I've beaten that game. Uh, 70 times more than that probably i mean you can beat that game in in in, you know 10 minutes really if you just rush through it maybe not 10 minutes but pretty quick that's definitely a feel-good game if i'm having a bad day i'll come home and play that um graphic what do you think of the remaster tim i love that the remaster was very good too very good i love the that they got the original voices Mm -hmm. and it just it looked beautiful um 
it was basically the same, yet they did some really cool, unique things with some of the boss battles that I really enjoyed. No, I really liked it. Because the funny thing with that is I remember when that game came out, I believe at first it was only available, it was available on the Wii U in like Steam or something before it was available on Xbox. And that was before I had a Wii U. And I'm like, I was so upset. I'm like, I want this game. Do I, do, do I want to, I'm going to buy a Wii U. Am I going to buy a Wii U just to play <laughs> DuckTales? But then eventually it ended up coming out on Xbox. So I ended up getting it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a year or so ago, or maybe it was over a year ago, when it was delisted briefly, I went and quickly grabbed physical copies of it nice. on the... Oh, nice. Yeah. And the, I have it on, I got it on Wii U physically and it, that one's actually sealed so i'm just leaving it Whoa. sealed and i have it on the 360 as well which i have um i have it digitally on the 360 which is backwards compatible so you can play that game on your one as well mm-hmm. so okay. but no the the remaster is excellent i kind of wish they would do more of those like you know uh like rescue <laughs> rangers would be fun if they would ever like Ooh. just consider uh, a remaster of that i think because that's another another great game basically capcom and disney equals good game for the most part yeah. i mean they're all good and they killed those soundtracks too those soundtracks are so happy feel goody midi type of sounds and just they're they're wonderful well i believe the team that made ducktales was also the same like the team there or the people that made Mega Man 2 also so it, it just, okay. it's something like that i believe um one of them might have been the pet project or that it wasn't within the same group i don't have my facts completely straight but i know it's definitely like that and you can tell too because like you said the music the moon theme i know i'm mm-hmm. by saying what everybody else has ever said but the moon theme on ducktales <laughs> I, I can listen to the ducktales soundtrack like at, that's what I do when I'm at, if I'm at work having a bad day or just if I want to just chill out, I'll throw my headphones in and there's a few, you know, game soundtracks I'll listen to. Uh, DuckTales is one of them. And just because that music is just like you said, it, it's not long. I mean, you can, the whole soundtrack is probably about 25, 30 minutes, but mm-hmm. it's just, the music is so good. Every, everything. So that's, that's the, that's that one. I'm going to keep this kind of short. I only discovered this series about, I don't know, three or four years ago now. And I don't know if you follow me on Twitter. I tweet it all the friggin' time. But <laughs> I uh, know Shen- exactly where you're going here. Yeah, the Shenmue series. I don't know if you guys Ooh, have any. any no? no? Yeah. Around the time that the, the HD remakes came out. Because um, I missed out. I didn't have a Dreamcast. I remember my memories of it was i remember the box art i remember seeing it on the shelf when i would go to electronics boutique or toys r us or whatever but i didn't have a dreamcast and i didn't really know what it was in the magazines and then just over time basically the when the kickstarter for uh happened and shenmue 3 was announced and everybody was losing their mind because they had waited you know like what 14 or 15 years for the sequel mm-hmm. so i kind of so then then sega announced the hd remakes and stuff so i'm like you know what i'm gonna give this a try and i absolutely love the games i like i love all three i've i've actually played through and beaten all three i think three times each and i've only just yeah so yeah so but those games have you ever played them any of you i played the first one you did okay so it's it's a it's an immersive it's almost like an experience i mean it's a game obviously but it's not it's a very it's like a life experience type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of go through your daily motions and yes, there's, there isn't a story and there is combat and stuff, but it's not like 
like because people will you know compare it to yakuza series which it's it's really i mean yeah you can walk down the street walk into an arcade and play um space harrier but basically Mm -hmm. except for that i mean yakuza is more a lot more action-packed yakuza is like a an awesome like beat basically a beat-em-up with yeah and and this one's really not because this one has like uh, the the battle style at least in the first two are more like um, they're they're like virtual fighter mm-hmm. because ah. the creator yeah Yu Suzuki is the one that created it so he uh, modeled it he that was what it was he used that kind of stuff but you know you wake up in the morning you you can search your room you can actually go through drawers and move things and talk to people kind of get to know people the the original game did a lot of stuff way back then and i appreciate it so much i mean yeah i mean the game came out i think in 1999 so i mean if you play it now it's a little cryptic there's um quality of life things that aren't necessarily there but the thing is though um the second game you know helps improve that a little bit like for example you know you're asking questions you're looking for somebody and they say you know what yeah he that person hangs out in this area you know around eight o'clock at night and it's and it's uh 10 o'clock in the morning (laughs) you literally have to kill real time until it reaches that time versus in the original yet the second game they added a wait feature that you can either continue doing what you're doing or you can say, you know what, I don't really care about what I'm doing. I just want to get to that time and place and deal with what I have to deal with. It's also a game that you can play many times and experience different things because the way it's designed is people have routine, like the NPCs have routines and, you know, you might see or miss something or not see something like it's just insane. Like, hopefully, I'm making sense. I feel like I'm just rambling, trying to talk. About no, you're making perfect sense. It was a very ambitious game when it first came out on the Dreamcast, and that's why it got a lot of the, both the praise and kind of the I don't know what the other phrase I'm looking for, but like the naysayers about it as yeah. well. Just because it did try so hard to do so many different things that most games weren't doing, and some people didn't care for it and thought that it made it too bland and too slow. Well, others embraced it and just like, this is awesome. It's an experience like we've never had before with anything else. Exactly. And that's the perfect way to put it. Like I was talking to like, cause I've talked to people cause I just went on a tangent about it. Like with the people I just know, like when I got into it and stuff, it is a very niche game to the fact that I, I want I, I, it's like, I'd like everybody to try it, but it's a game that's not for everybody. If that no. makes sense. It's like, you could, yeah, that's basically what you said. It's just, you know, but. But it really clicked with me to the point where I consider it a feel-good game because I don't know if it's the atmosphere, the characters you get to know, the music. The music is absolutely like beautiful, and that's like that's a real go-to for me too. Is I'll listen to the actual like just the soundtracks for the for the for the game. But so this guy shows up at your at your house, kills your dad, and you're like, hey, what's going on? So basically. <laughs> You're 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 on you're on a mission to find out what what the why this guy killed your dad and it just evolves from there. That's the basic. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically a revenge story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, but you know, in your everyday, as you're looking for clues, you walk into town. You can walk into town. You can talk to people. Some people know you. Some people like will they'll say hi to you and whatever. You can go into the stores. Um, you can you buy the big thing in it. You buy a little capsule toys out of the little mm-hmm. quarter machines and 
you try to collect the full set, you know, so I, I end up like, I've been playing three lately again in my spare time. So I'll be there for forever trying to complete capsule sets um, just for fun. You don't need to, because the thing is, if you follow, if you get a walkthrough and you kind of follow or you know what you're doing, the game isn't necessarily that long, but mm -hmm. it's an experience. You can, you can drag it out. You can just do normal things. You can do things slowly. It has a calendar in it. So it starts off, I believe, in November of 86. And you can basically play as long as you want, but there is a end date. So if you don't finish what you're supposed to finish in the game, there is a bad ending where essentially the guy that will come back and I guess just kill you. And that's kind of the way you get game over in the game. But you literally have to just like not progress the story for months. You know what I mean? So, and I believe Shenmue 2 and Post and 3, I think they all have a certain date that is a quote bad ending. But realistically, you're going to have to put a lot of time. I've been sitting on copies of Shenmue 1, 2, and 3 for a while because I've been meaning to play the franchise because, you know, like you mentioned Yakuza because that seems to come up a lot in the same conversation with Shenmue. And I've played through like eight of the Yakuza games. So I've been curious about Shenmue, but that first game scares me. I'm scared of Shenmue 1, Tim. I'm scared of the forklift. I'm scared of trying oh, to figure oh. out what times I'm supposed to do things, Tim. No, Please I, assuage my fears. Uh, honestly, I recommend using a walkthrough for guidance. I do. Okay. I mean, I, no, I, I really do. Because the thing is, though, the game is cryptic. The game was yeah. designed that the, they wanted it to be, he, I believe the creator wanted it to be an experience. Like they, He wanted you to walk around and like talk to people and just kind of like but the thing is which is great and it's fun to do but there's times where you just kind of you know you, you want to kind of just get from point a to point b so yeah. and and that's the thing too is like i felt a little overwhelmed at first too because i mean i think it, it isn't it is a game it isn't over the game's over 20 years old and like phil said it's very ambitious but you can there, there's some nice quality of life changes in the HD remake. The biggest one is I believe you can save whenever you want because originally oh. you could not. You only saved. You wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning and I believe by 9 o'clock at night you have to be back home and go uh, to bed and you okay. save after you when you go to sleep. Um, so like that's the biggest quality of life thing in the HD remake is you can save on the dime, which is Ooh. really nice. This is there's, good to know. There's a lot to it. Like I'd like, I'd love to just talk about this more, like this series as a whole more, like my experiences or just more about the game. But I just, it would be a really long conversation. But I wanted to at least bring it up because this game has helped out a lot. Just Ooh. me, just like I don't know. It's a, it, it is a feel though. Like I, like I said, though it's a game about basically some dude wanting you know a, a son wanting revenge for the death of his father and, and a mystery about it and a you know a mysterious girl that he sees in his dreams you know <laughs> that he ends up you know it's great it's it's awesome i love the story like it's got a really interesting history and there's so much in the game when you if christian if you do some like research into it and stuff like there especially like shenmue 2 there's so many things there's things that are actually date stamped like there's like certain things that'll happen on certain days. So like if you're just progressing the story, you could even be done in, in a certain area or a certain city and leave that city and go on to the next area. And you actually miss events that could possibly happen. And this is all stuff I learned after I beat it the first time. It's that crazy. And the second one, there's this whole big 
quest chain that you basically do a duck race. It sounds crazy, but like, <laughs> and the funny thing is my second playthrough, I actually found it. And I don't even think I, I don't even know if it was, if I intentionally found it or not, but I did. And the second, then I, the first time I played it, it just, it didn't happen. So it's one of those games that weird. Yeah, no, it, they're pretty huge and pretty cool. Like, and the, the, I mean, I'm not a, uh, platinum guy but i mean like whatever the xbox equivalent is the shenmue one and two are very easy to just get all the achievements for they're very pretty oh. straightforward like i th- they're actually two two of the maybe three or four games total that i have completely Ooh. you got a gun to your head you got to rank the three shenmue games go uh probably oh. two one three <laughs> two one three okay two's Pro- your favorite well I mean, content like trying to pick your favorite child, huh? Well, content wise, I like a lot what they did in two, but the but the aspects of t- of one, especially the forklift stuff, that's in one, I absolutely love. I know everybody's like, "Oh, Shedmu, that's a game you drive the forklift." And yeah, it's like, yes, it is, <laughs> and it's amazing. I love it. It's so much fun, and it, and it's so safe. I mean, you 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 go you go to work at the harbor to look for information every morning for five straight days. You um. You have a forklift race, which is completely safe and sanctioned, and then you're given uh, you're given a thing, and you have to go, th- you know, and go from point A to point B to bring your cargo. I don't know. The forklift stuff is just it's it's awesome. I don't know. I love it. So interesting. So, but do you think Shenmue Three was worth the wait for those people who waited however see, many years? I can't. I can't really answer that because. Um, Totally. It's got a, it, the whole, the whole thing. I'm actually, I'm in, I'm getting into podcasts and, and to actually, and, and stuff now that are actually going deep into experiencing like from people that have been fans forever, experiencing and looking into everything that went into everything. Yeah. See, I enjoy Shenmue 3. Yeah. Um, but Shenmue 3 is the case where, uh, see, I don't really know. It, it feels like some people did enjoy it. Some people really didn't. Mm-hmm. But, for the fact that I would say for the fact that it was kickstarted and the effort, I mean, it's not, it's not a, it's a, not a perfectly polished game, but the thing is for whatever budget they had, maybe like, I think they had what, $6 million or something. And for what yeah. they put out, they had to rebuild, like they didn't have, cause Sega still owns the license and the source code and stuff. They, so, and they, the guys that built Shenmue three, they literally took the unreal engine and rebuilt it from scratch. Jeez. So wow. it's a case where so if you think about all the thing and I'm I'm starting to learn all this stuff by listening to podcasts and reading articles and stuff and it gives me at least a big appreciation for what Shenmue 3 is but it's very easy to somebody be like well it's not as good as the other ones well yeah, yeah. the other <laughs> ones cost multiple millions of dollars and they had Sega you know front like part behind it as well mm-hmm. so but I'm just praying like the, today is uh, the fourth, the fourth of every month we go on Twitter and, and we, there's a hashtag to try to let's get Shenmue four because at the, Ooh. at the moment, you know, Shenmue three is cliffhanger. Yeah, Shenmue three is a cliffhanger. Yeah. So the story's oh, not over yet. Bastards. Oh Lord. So, but wasn't that the case with Shenmue two? And that's why everyone was clamoring for Shenmue three for the long Exactly. Time? Yes. And I will say that the, 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 when you start Shenmue three though, it's pretty seamless in the fact that, the, from the end of Shenmue three, I mean, it's, I'm sorry. And from the end of two into three, it's basically like the same day, and I thought that was cool. Oh wow! So, um, but yeah, 
but so I can't answer, I can't, you know, cause I, I've, you know, only, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been a fan for 20 years and it hasn't been something I've waited for, mm-hmm. but, um, but I tell you, I, re- I enjoy all three games very much and the characters, the world and like, you know, Phil's noticed too. If you check my Twitter, that's, there's a lot of Shenmue going on on my Twitter a lot of <laughs> times. So I would say though, Tim, what I, my thoughts are, if you weren't disappointed by three and you being a short time fan as opposed to a long time fan, that that tells me that it's actually probably a pretty decent game because you would think that a short time fan would be a little bit more irritated with it than a long time fan would, where a long time fan would just be happy that they got another Shenmue, where you're in the same boat, but granted, you didn't wait the 20 years for it. And if you're content with it, like I would think that a vast majority should be. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does. I would hope so. When you play, when you go and you play the first two and you go into three, there's an obvious difference in the fact that the game is different. But taking into account um, that it was kickstarted and the the amount of blood, sweat, and tears that these people went just to make it happen and building everything from scratch and stuff like that, I agree with you, Phil. I'm wondering too. Definitely a very niche uh, just franchise in general. Everybody knows. Everybody recognizes basically the name. And they remember the forklift and that's based. And if you love it, you love it. If you don't love it or you experienced it, it's like, that's cool. I, that's what I feel like the yeah. franchise is as a whole, basically. But if you love it, you love it. And I seem to love it. So <laughs> that's all of that. But I'd be very interested, um, Christian, if you ever did check it out. I definitely would like like to talk to you about the uh, the games and the characters and stuff. So. Dude, heck yeah. After you might be the first person I've heard, Tim, wax poetic about Shenmue. To such an extent, I'll probably push those bad boys up my backlog. Really? Wow. Yeah, we'll make it happen, Tim. We'll make sure you have plenty of Shenmue to talk about in the future. <laughs> All right. That's what I appreciate <laughs> that. Because I was in oh, Mario World 2. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 take a, we'll take Mario World 2 first. We'll take okay. That. That's okay. a little bite more bite sized then. Sure, yes. All right, yes. cool. That's awesome. I guess we should start winding down and we'll go around and see where everybody can find us. And Matt, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at GamerHeads underscore Matt. And Phil, where can people find you? I am at, wow, I'm on Twitter at BNow23. And Christian? I am at Twitter at Christian Cubza. Otherwise, uh, you can check out some of my stuff at pushscore.com. Got a Neo Collection review. Should be Ooh. posted soon. Awesome. And me, I'm also on Twitter, um, GreatSayaMan81 on Twitter. And if you want to, you know, reach out, talk about Shenmue, you know, go for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, so I'm going to hand this over to uh, Phil and Christian to close us out. Christian, if people don't just want to necessarily talk to us individually, but talk to us as a whole and a collective, how could they find us on Twitter? On Twitter at GamerHeadsPC. And on Facebook? Facebook.com slash GamerHeadsPodcast. And if people really wanted to be weird and use that archaic method of reaching people via email, how would they go about that? I'm glad you asked. It's info at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. And if somebody wanted to hear this show, the Indie Focus podcast, Bells and Roses, Real Dudes, Controller Throwers, what website should they go to? Oh, you can also read Matt's wonderful Turrican review. I was getting there. At GamerHeadsPodcast.com. And I think that's about all we've got. That's awesome. So uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. And, you know, everybody stay safe and game on. Have a great one. Take care, everybody. See ya.